0: Welcome back, listeners, to Everywhere We Go, the home of all things FPL Draft. This week, let me introduce you to the fourth episode in an eight-part special about the World Cup. Me and Jose will be chatting through all the upcoming groups, bringing a tactical analysis along with an outlook on fantasy. Although FPL will be taking a break over the World Cup, I'm sure many of you will be playing the official FIFA fantasy. If not, then I'm sure we'll all be watching, even if you're taking a well-deserved break from fantasy. This World Cup has really come around the corner of nowhere. So listening to these will allow you to brush up on info about all the teams. Don't know why Ziyech is back in the Morocco team? Didn't know that Canada had beef with Adidas? We've got you covered. Joining me in the room and throughout all these exclusive episodes... Hello, Jose. Hi, Will. How's it How going? How are you? Oh, oh we said at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you answer first. You answer first. I'm good. Yeah. Jose, who is your favorite World Cup hero? Uh,
1: mine is Ronaldo. Yeah. Sorry, mine's Ronaldo.
0: Nice. Um,
1: yeah, not... not not Cristiano Ronaldo, the... Fat Ronaldo. Nine. Yeah, Fat Ronaldo. <laughs> the Brazilian Ronaldo with the cool haircut.
0: Cool. Yeah, the <laughs> sick haircut. It's just for his haircut, isn't it?
1: Well, kind of. And also, <laughs> he was the best player in the world at that time. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he carried... He quite controversially played the 98 World Cup final, even though apparently he was just deathly ill. Mm. Um, obviously, France ended up winning the ni- that final and... But he got his World Cup in two thousand and two for Brazil, yeah, and always always a class player,
0: yes yeah. yeah, he is a legend, a literal legend hero,
1: <laughs> well, who's your
0: my world hero Cup? of the World Cup is going to be Mario Götze. ah oh. what a what a cameo
1: might be the best substitution in world Cup history,
0: yeah. And it wasn't it was a great goal as well I Yeah, know, what yeah. a goal I mean I'm sure he t- would have traded it all he trade it all you know for, for that for that
1: yeah I think we all would yeah I mean the World <laughs> Cup's just special it's
0: the World Cup <laughs> anyway guys today we are bringing you a group F preview that's Belgium Croatia Morocco and Canada some weird teams in here um we've got the second best team in the world apparently in Belgium Wow who we'll get into <laughs> um should we kick it off with them Belgium sure. yeah. This
1: is only the beginning So well, the beginning might the be the last opportunity the the famed golden generation. Do you think they, they could finally claim it all?
0: I'm i I'm i hesitant. I'm hesitant with Belgium. Obviously the second best ranked team in the world, as I mentioned... Um, they have they've qualified fourteen times in their history for the World Cup. Um, their highest finish was third in Russia in twenty eighteen. This is a great performance for them. Captain Eden Hazard. Um, so you know they've got bags of talent. Everyone knows that. Uh, Manager Di Matteo, um, set piece taker. Um, you know Kevin De Bruyne.
1: Who is he? What? Huh? Who's Kevin De Bruyne? <laughs> Kevin.
0: Kevin. Do we need to talk we about Kevin? We need to Kevin. talk about Kevin. Yeah. We do need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> um, Kevin obviously having the, the, the season of his life with Haaland up top for him. How things might change with uh, with, with Batch Hawaii, it seems, up top for them?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, is Lukaku's fitness is a major question mark.
0: It is. I mean, he was top scorer for Belgium at the last World Cup with four. However, he's been injured this season, and he only started one game in the Nations League. However, he's been historically prolific for Belgium. Scoring forty six goals in forty six appearances since twenty seventeen. Uh dangerous. However, yes, injury has struck. And so um has been filling in place for him, and he's only six point five million in fantasy. Wow.
1: Um I mean he's he's had three goals and three assists in the Six Nations as well. So he could be a, a value add.
0: Definitely. I mean the, and the way Belgium play in terms of possession, they rank in the top ninety for um top ninety percentile. Um, basically, they keep the ball a lot and they also rank in the top 93rd percentile in forward passes per match. So they're a very attacking team, as you would expect. They uh, utilize a 3 4 2 1 formation, which allows both Hazard and KDB in to get into the formation, wow. which, you know, you've got, to, you, you've got to get them in the team. Um, this also creates a lot of space for Carrasco and uh, Mounier on the wings, which could also be potential pickups. But no, so Belgium lost twice to the Netherlands, they've uh, won three. Um, and uh, then they've drawn one. So they're in they're in okay form. It's not the sort of form you'd expect them to be in coming into the World Cup. Um which is slightly worrying. But I mean in this group they, they I think they will undoubtedly top it. They've got a just a plethora of talent again. Um Trossard at 5.5 million could be a pickup, and Tielemans at 7 million. But they just I think they're just priced out. They're just phased out of this team with the amount of talent they have.
1: You think that we sh- you should prioritise um Hazard's national team form over his Lack of playing time for Real Madrid?
0: I'm I, i I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to bring in Hazard because he just hasn't played that much for, for Real. He's played three games this season and has yet to score. Um, he did score three goals in the last World Cup, though, but that was a different Hazard, wasn't it? Yeah. I think the player to go for here, if you can, is going to be, have to be Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he's 11 mil, though. Wow. And this kind of dissuades me from getting in... I mean, I'd rather go for Lewandowski and Messi, my, to- my sort of top-end price players, than Kevin De Bruyne.
1: Although you do have to consider that Elgin's group seems to not be perhaps as challenging as, as some of the others.
0: Yeah, this is true. Um, but th- this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if if Lukaku is injured, I'm going to opt for going for Batshwari up top at 6.5 mil. I think that's great value considering the, the standard of competition he's against. And it means that you can get in other talents from other squads. Yeah,
1: This season for Fenovache, he scored eight goals. And so he might be definitely a, a great add.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in goal as well and in the defense, uh, you've got Courtois at six million. He's Golden Glove winner last tournament. Um, but they've only picked up two clean sheets this year hmm. um, against Burkina, Faso and Poland. So it's an up and down Belgium squad at the moment. I'm sure they'll sort of come right for the World Cup. But I, I'm kind of done making them my, like, the. I'm, t- I'm kind of done making them favorites now.
1: Yeah, I feel like also that defense has kind of passed. Mm. It, it speak uh, in terms of, it does really worry me now. Whereas before, they all seem to be... At the hidden. top of their game. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, it, it could be, it could be a, a bit of a tough uh, tournament for Belgium in the later rounds. But maybe, you know, for this first group stage, it could be worth getting some assets in. Uh, but let's move on, guys, to Canada. <laughs> Jose. Canada. Yeah, Canada. So, what's going on with them? They're 41st in the world. Yeah. Um they've they've made the World Cup this time. Second appearance at the World Cup.
1: Yeah, they hadn't made the World Cup since 1986, where they um they lost all their games and didn't score a single goal. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it seems like this is a very exciting Canada team. As in super youthful, they're already being called uh, Canada's golden generation. And of course, in four years, they'll be co-hosts for the World Cup with Mexico and the U.S. Uh, So, yeah, I think there seems to be a lot of promise and optimism around this Canada side. They topped the World Cup qualifying, having scored the most goals and conceded the least. However, their only two losses came... During the last three games of the campaign against Costa Rica and Panama, mm. also they they lost to the semifinals, uh, They lost in the semifinals to Mexico in the 2021 CONCACAF Gold Cup. To be honest, they're just really surprising team. Right, it's kind of come out of nowhere. How how do they play? Um, Their manager's called John Her- Herdman, who's actually an Englishman from Durham. Nice. Uh, he was a part lecturer at Northumbria University, then moved to New Zealand to coach the women's team. Then coached the Canada's women's team. Right. And in 2018, he was put in charge of the men's team. He's the first, so coach,
0: first coach to do that. Um, yeah. So wait, he doesn't have that much conventional experience then? Not
1: at all. In terms of like he didn't have a playing career. and But he's quite an interesting um, tactician, to be honest. Okay. How's they, the, what do you mean by that? As in, they, they're a really, really counter-attacking team. Right. Uh, which is shown by the fact that they only are in the 30th percentile for possession percentage. Mm-hmm. And majorly so, they are in really high percentage in the 64th for passes in the final third per 100 passes. So most of their passes will take part in the opposition area. They're in the 78th percentile for XG per game. And that's actually below their percentile for actual goals so they're actually producing better chances and better goals than right another so they're really what I would consider almost like a Liverpool side as in okay they they move through the through the pitch really quickly and just try to get uh, as many chances as possible and create quite quite good chances. and
0: in the context of this group I mean they got Belgium Croatia and Morocco Um, you know Belgium Croatia are definitely sides that, that could work against counter attacking. They're both going to try and dominate possession.
1: It could really play into their hands. They're also just a really really hard working, t- tactically disciplined team in defence, which yeah. means that they don't con- uh, don't concede that many goals. However, they do foul a lot. So again, I'd be worried about. Maybe getting some of their defenders or or defensive midfielders in because probably get some guards.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so you mentioned there so they can they can move the ball through the pitch quickly. Um, what players could you get in then for fantasy?
1: I mean, Alphonso Davies is, is just goes without saying he might already be their <laughs> their best player of all time. Yeah. Um, he plays further up the field for Canada than Bayern Munich, uh, which should really play into his hand.
0: Only priced at five million on the game as well.
1: Yeah, I, I reckon that's because they don't back Canada to do very well. But, um, I mean, the fact that he plays as a winger more than a left-back yeah. means that, that it, again, via his stats, where he's in the 99th percentile. So, Whoa. the very best amongst his position for dribbles completed and touches in the opposition area. Love that. Um, and, and so far, four assists for Bayern. That should only go up for this Canada side because he's just... M- Way more important to them in yeah. attack than in in Bayern.
0: And who could he be assisting then? Um, he he could be
1: assisting Jonathan David, the Lille striker, who so far this season has nine goals and three assists, which is actually underperforming his advanced stats. So there there could be room for Jonathan David to actually be doing better than those stats show. Nice. Uh, and for Canada, he's averaging around zero point seven nine. Uh, goals and assists per ninety. He he also takes pens um, quite importantly, and yeah. and yeah, he's he's a, he's a big reason why uh, Alphonso Davis also for Canada in 2022 has a 0.9 x uh, G- goals per and assists per ninety. So Alphonso Davis is really really performing very well.
0: And then defensively, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to keep clean sheets, isn't it? Apart from def- from Davis, stay away from the defenders.
1: Um, I don't know. I I think. It it depends how how really how they look in their first games. I think because they 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 are a very good defensive side, but it, it it will just be left to see how they fare against such competitive opposition. Yeah. One player I would also just really watch out for in terms of the starting eleven will be Kyle Laren, mm. who has an outrageous one point one three goals and assists per ninety for Canada in twenty twenty two. Love that. However, uh, the budge forward. Bruche, Bruche, <laughs> the Budge. Budge forward. <laughs> <laughs> Has only started and scored once for for them all season.
0: Okay, so well, but he could he could pop into action. Yeah. Uh, let's move on though to Croatia.
1: So well. The last World Cup, Croatia, were probably, I, I think they went beyond the, the term black horse. I, I reckon they were the Dog. like matte black cor- horse. Like, okay. Just no reflection on that, no shine. Right. Um. Do they, do? You th- obviously shown a
0: lot. They're the 12th ranked team in the world. Disappointing form following that final. Their new manager, Latko Dalic, well new, he was hired in 2018 sort of tried to rejuvenate this, uh, this this Croatian side. They didn't do well in the Euros, though. They lost to both England and Spain um, and had quite a disappointing competition in general. But they kind of turned it around recently. They topped their group with uh, 23 points, with, and it was quite a tough group as well, with Russia, Slovakia, Slovenia, and Cyprus in there. So for qualifying groups, as they go, that's quite hard. You know, despite a loss to Austria, they performed really well in the Nations League, qualified to the finals, but and they beat France uh, 1-0 in June as well. So this team, obviously everyone knows, set-piece-taker Modric, um, you know, Ballon d'Or winner is incredible. Penalties, you've got Kramaric, who could be worth getting in. But yeah, this midfield is where lots of strengths are. So um, Brozovic and Kovacic returning from injury and should both be fit for this competition. And those players, you know, you could really consider getting into because this Croatia team likes to keep the ball um, with these midfielders. They're very confident in passing it around in intricate, small uh, can find spaces and then playing out wide um, to try and um, create some chances. The one thing is that their, their their play style is very dependent on specific attributes of certain players, i.e. Modric, uh, the aforementioned midfielders effect- effectively. If any of them get injured, I do worry about that. But they should be coming back from injury issues, so they should be fine. So, and then defensively, they've got some strong players as well. Um, and this kind of all ties into the um the approach that they've kind of sort of tried to, to reintegrate some youth and some um, excitement into the team. I mean, Vardiole, um, Obviously, highly rated, 20-year-old centre-back for Leipzig. He's priced at only four million in the game.
1: Yeah, linked with Chelsea, and, and he's definitely very promising.
0: Yeah, so yeah. this this could be a good option here. Um, four mil Guardiola, really good. Um, a fullback could be an even better option, though. Um, Uranovic plays right back. He played five games during the, the Nations League, and Sosa plays left back. Um, only started twice in the nat- Nations League, but he scored a goal. So um, I like the I like the idea of getting some some Croatia um, players in here. Obviously, as you mentioned, Canada um are, you know, hard to pick right now, have some potential. But against Morocco especially, um, there could be some clean sheets here. Um so that could be could be a good option for, for the for your Croatian picks.
1: Yeah, I get the I get the impression from what you're saying that they'll play quite low scoring games.
0: Yeah. Tight. The one annoying thing about Croatia is that they rotate their strikers quite a lot. They've played Kramrich, Blu um, and Vlasic have all operated in attacking positions. Kramrich generally takes penalties when he's on the pitch. Um but yeah, so Modric is eight point five mil. Um he's captain and penalty taker. I mean that's I think actually quite a reasonable price for someone of that calibre. Yeah. But I uh, I I mean I would looking at it, yeah, Vardial at four mil, Kovacic six point five mil, especially. Kovacic
1: could seem to be rewarded by the format as well. Exactly. Because he's such a box box midfielder.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean obviously very talented, could get in some scoring positions as well. Um so yeah, Croatia, um good side going forward. I think they should make it out of the group and pr- should prove to be uh competitive in later rounds. Uh let's move on though to Morocco.
1: So Will. Yo. Uh are we excited about Morocco for this World Cup? How how are you?
0: Yeah, so with Morocco, they're the 20-sync, twenty sync twenty twenty-sink. They're the twenty-second ranked team in wo- uh, in the world. Um, they've participated in six World Cups. Twenty eighteen was a return after twenty year a twenty year absence. Um, their best result was the round of sixteen in nineteen eighty six. They um, they went out of Afcon in twenty nineteen to to Benin. Their uh, their captain is Roman Sice, a uh, ex Wolves player. Their manager Walid Regragui um, was brought in earlier this year. Hakim Ziyech is back in the team after being phased out by the last manager, but under this new manager. His retirement ended uh, and he's straight back in the team and he's on set pieces.
1: Yeah, so. obviously there was a lot of tumultuity with this team. How how are they? have they managed to regather in time for the World Cup?
0: Well, in their last 14, they've lost uh, just two and have drawn three times. The opposition has been fairly weak, though, uh, and the losses came against Egypt and the US, which are both World Cup caliber sort of teams. They won uh, all six of their matches uh, in, their, in their qualification um, and were drawn to play the DR Congo over two legs, which they won. Um, but they did beat Chile 2-0 recently. In terms of their play style, they're a possession-based team which creates a lot, um, ranking in the 91st percentile for XG per match and final third passes per 100 passes. So they do create a lot, but uh, it's against the sort of opposition which kind of mires these stats and a little bit of doubt. Um, what they do um, is they will use Akimi and Ziyech a lot in creativity, which is which is the two players that you really do want to have if you're interested in this Morocco team. Uh, when they have the ball in the final third, they transition to a 2-5-3 um, to create overlaps and underlaps for wide players. In defence, they've got some talented players, but they opt for, opt for a mid-block in settled play, mm. um, which, if I'm completely honest, has been quite unsuccessful. So I would stay away from your defenders here, apart from Hakimi, he creates a lot. This is because a mid-block just basically, against good opposition, it just creates a massive distance between the defence and midfield, especially when you're playing against top opposition which they will be doing in this group. Mm-hmm. I mean, Croatia might not be the most exciting going forward, but they will be creating a lot. Um, and Belgium, obviously, are uh, Belgium, uh, m- one of the most talented <laughs> squads in the world. There's a bit of lack of structure here, which is which is a bit frustrating about Morocco. But in terms of assets you want to get, the aforementioned Ziyech is 7 mil. Um, he provides over two shot assists per game could you on say average. It's
1: a Moroccan medley.
0: It's, yes, I could say that. <laughs> Um, he provides two shot assists per game on average and over six into the penalty area per game. Um, he's only played seven times a season, however, and hasn't returned, so he might be a bit rusty. Hakimi, though, um, the PSG fullback, has two goals in 10 games for Morocco and has two goals in 13 games for PSG. Um, he'll be heavily utilised in attacking passers. You know what like really excites me
1: about this group? Just um, have, looking at it now, that we're going to see two teams that are probably not considered very good with two of the best fullbacks in the world, uh, in Hakimi and Alfonso Davis. True. So that that will be a matchup to watch.
0: Fullback matchup. Yeah. The great fullback. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. And Hakimi is th- definitely a massive asset, just in terms of his attacking output has always been exemplary.
0: Yeah. No, no doubt. Hakimi is the one to look out for there. Um, at five mil, that's a great price. So Jose, Group F is done. Belgium, Canada, Croatia mm. and Morocco. Who do you reckon is going to top this group?
1: Um, I hate to be boring, but it's probably going to be Belgium. I-,
0: I could see a push by Croatia. I think it's going to be Croatia. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I-, I-, I like wow. with Belgium. They haven't been on the top of top forms. Uh, and I like the idea of Croatia here. Um, it's basically going to be a game against Belgium and Croatia. Yeah, effectively.
1: That's the game to circle in the calendar.
0: And, you know, if they can stop, if they can hold Belgium off, which I feel like they can, um, they could top this group easily. I think Dark Horse is here. I'm going to go for Canada.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I think um, that Canada, again, this World Cup might come to you soon in terms of the players are still quite young in their formation phase. Yeah. But in the future, I think they're going to be very exciting definitely they they and they could really hit these teams in 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 ways they could cause some upsets i reckon
0: yeah davis especially at f- what five yeah. mil has got to be an asset in your teams there and so yeah we mentioned that what player is the best big fantasy the
1: aforementioned hacky uh so the the aforementioned davis I, I reckon is is probably the biggest shout just in terms of him being a defender in the game but he plays more of a winger yeah um, I reckon he'll be reigning those points.
0: Definitely. I think aside from that, Y at 6.5 mil, definitely a potential asset there. I mean, if he's starting up top for this Belgium side, could really rake in some points. Obviously, you know, it Luka- might not be as prolific as Lukaku, uh. but still could be a really good pick there. And also, the Croatian midfielders. If this format does really cater to these passing midfielders, boxers, box box midfielders, sure. I think that could really they could really take advantage of that.
1: Definitely. I, I also, I don't know, just weird last thought that you really also quite like a player that's not going to start that's why i guess i didn't mention him but jeremy doku for belgium is one to look out for he's a very exciting player that i don't know i i, I really like him think yeah. he's quite exciting to watch and and he will be a future fantasy asset uh probably
0: wherever he is in yeah. the world
1: wherever he moves to because he'll move to a big club
0: so yeah thanks for listening to that episode guys so that was part four of the world cup special and everywhere we go we'll be bringing you uh the rest of the groups that involves group b which is england iran usa and wales group d france australia denmark tunisia group g which is brazil serbia switzerland and cameroon and group h uh which is portugal ghana uruguay and um south korea so Jose, thanks very much. Thanks for having me all. Hope you guys are enjoying this that these special episodes. Um, check us out on Twitter at EWG underscore podcast. Um yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye.